Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening to you. My name is Susie, and welcome or welcome back to the Life Abundant Podcast. I'm so excited and so thankful that you're here. Um, If you listened to the first episode of season three, you'll know that I am studying abroad right now, which kind of accounts for um, the lack of consistency just because life is lacking consistency right now and just traveling and busyness and all that stuff. But I'm really excited to just chat about... um, you know, my travels in general, and specifically today, a kind of solo trip I took. Um, So yeah, I'll I'll just kind of get right into it. Um, So I'm studying in Vienna, Austria, and Vienna is a very, you know, metropolitan urban place. Um, And growing up, which is kind of funny, like I always dreamed and thought I would live in a big city. And that's always where I kind of imagined myself. But in the last few years, I've just really valued the open space and fresh air um, and just big sky of not being in the city. Um, And so I had been in Vienna for about like four or six weeks and I was kind of starting to feel that sense of like claustrophobia um, and just the desire for for fresh air and space. Something that I've talked about with some of my friends is that we really miss like sunsets you know, I tell people that I meet here that I'm from Missouri and nobody knows what that means. <laughs> or I just have to say it's like near Chicago or something like that. But truly, like Missouri does have the best sunsets um, no matter where you are. So I do miss that a lot. But I, I just kind of felt like it was time for me to to get out. Um, and there's a city in Austria called um, Hallstatt. And I say that and I confirmed with someone yesterday that that's right. But also I've said that to Austrians that I've met and they don't know what I'm saying because I think I just say it accented or wrong. But right now I'm just going to refer to it as Hallstatt. Um, but it was a city that I had always wanted to go just because you see a lot of photos of it. It's kind of like a tourist destination in Austria. Um, and it just has the most beautiful, beautiful scenery ever. If you can, like have a moment and want to Google search it or something, it looks exactly like the photos. And then Actually, the day after, my wallpaper on my computer will showcase a, you know, photo from a city. And the week after I came back, Hallstatt was one of them. So I felt really cool that I'd actually been there before. Um, but it honestly worked out very nicely. One of my friends had been the weekend before me. So he really helped me book everything and figure out what train station to go to and where to stay. So I was really excited. And it was about like a three-hour train there. So most of that time I was like reading and kind of journaling about like what I wanted to accomplish almost in Hallstatt. I kind of wrote out a list of things I wanted to be praying about, things I wanted to be reading. And even though I was going for a sense of relaxation, knowing me, I still had this aspect of like productivity and like a list of what I wanted to get done. So once I got there, um, I was staying at a hotel that is like across the lake from where the town is. So I I ended up taking a ferry there, but I couldn't check into my hotel yet. So I was carrying like a big travel backpack, which is like not the most convenient thing. Um, And so I just kind of walked around. Um, My friend had warned me that there wasn't a lot of like food there. And I was like, well, that doesn't even make sense. Shut up. I'm sure it's fine. But he was, in fact, correct. There was not a lot of food there. And I think what I like about cities is just kind of the modern, like, restaurants and stores and things like that. So it really challenged me to not distract myself with those things, but, you know, really take in the place and 
and not kind of idolize those things, I guess. Um, so I was walking around struggling to find something to eat. I went to a coffee shop and like in the hotel I'm staying at in Vienna, there's this like coffee machine that is almost kind of like a Keurig. Um, and you know, you can select, I usually just get like espresso, um, and like hot water. So it's like an Americano, but you can get like a cappuccino, like with this kind of Nespresso slash Keurig, but it's just obviously not very good because it's coming from a weird machine. And the cafe that I went to was literally using this machine. Like they weren't even making it. It was a hotel machine that they were selling me for, you know, four euro. So that just goes to show like how actually little there kind of was to do. Um, But I ended up walking to like the top of a hill and there was this beautiful church there. And so I just decided to go in and sit there for a little bit. Um, And, you know, Europe is full of stunning and historic churches, as well as, you know, pieces of art from different museums that are Renaissance or have Christian influences, like so many different depictions of the crucifixion or other biblical scenes. Um, So I've, I've been very grateful to see a lot of those things, but I was sitting in this church and it was, it was stunning. There was um, like a crucifix at the center of this golden altar. And when I say golden altar, it was, it was golden AF. Like it had the most beautiful detailing and, and everything was solid gold. It was stunning. And so I was looking at it and I just remember thinking to myself, wow, this was, this was truly made for a king, which I guess makes sense because Jesus is the king of kings. And then this just thought crossed my mind. And to kind of unpack it a little bit, I just was thinking, okay, Jesus is the king of kings, but no part of his life and the way he lived suggested his identity as a king in the way that we understood it. You know what I mean? Even now we think of kings as um, very regal, have like a scepter or crown. That's what I'm thinking of. Um, and, you know, a robe and servants and a luxurious castle or whatever it may be. But that's not, that's not what Jesus was like at all. You know, he was born in a barn. He was poor. The only crown that he was given was the crown of thorns as he was being tortured and murdered by the Romans as well as the Jewish leaders that were supposed to you know, be welcoming his coming. And it just really made me think of, you know, what if he didn't necessarily want all of this? You know, he never came to us the way that we expected a king. So what if he didn't want to be worshipped the way that we would a king in a way that's, you know, just based off of habit or rituals or forced words? What if he just wanted us, you know? And there's a song that says, it's not a building you want to fill. It's my heart. And I just think that as I've been in some of these really holy places, obviously, you know, they're they're made with the intention to worship God. But I think that sometimes we miss it. And I think that sometimes we are worshiping the routine, the building, and, and not giving the Lord our, our whole heart. So I kind of felt a little icky. <laughs> and I, I left the church and I went outside and you know, I looked out, it was kind of on like a, like a hillside, as I mentioned, and there was a bit of a, like, not a balcony, I'm trying to think of the right word, but basically there was like a lookout um, onto the lake, onto the mountains, 
And I just like kind of exhaled and just thought, wow, like this is what is glorifying to God is, is his creation. And, you know, the, the creation is always going to be less than the creator. And so if we find such beauty and majesty and we, we travel from all over the world and spend money and time and resources to see like this creation, to see these beautiful mountains, how much more is God so majestic? Is God so wonderful? Is God so worthy of our time, of our resources, of of everything that it takes just to be near to him? And so that was that was really comforting to me. And then, you know, later on in the day, I um, just went on a walk outside and literally just felt like so revived. I just felt life back into like my lungs just with the fresh air and kind of the smell of water around. And I was just staring at this mountain for a while um, on a bridge and there was like a stream. Again, just another beautiful sight. And I really felt the Lord challenge me of just just breathe and just dwell in who I am right now. And like I mentioned, I had come to this trip with, you know, this whole agenda of what I wanted to do, of what I wanted to talk about, of what I wanted to pray about, things that I wanted to get an answer on. And it wasn't in like a, a condescending or I'm not going to give that to you way, but it just reminds me of Mark 2. And um, I think I might have talked about this on the podcast before, um, just because it's such a cool story. But it's when um, there's a paralytic man and his friends help lower him through a roof into a house that Jesus is in because it was too crowded for them to get through the door. And Jesus says, son, your sins are forgiven. And, you know, there's kind of like controversy of like whether he's even allowed to say that. And the Pharisees are like, what the heck? You can't just forgive people's sins. And then Jesus was like, literally, yes, I can. (laughs) But then after he forgave him his sins, he said, take up your mat and walk. And his legs were healed. And what I think that Jesus was getting at is that our our first, our biggest problem is not, um, I think, what we often think it is in terms of emotional or physical, um, like, issues, I guess, but is our spiritual need for him. And so, you know, what good would it be to have, you know, to get up and walk if, if you were still truly broken and I think that it just challenges what we believe is truly healing so it just kind of reminded me of that um, in the sense of the Lord just really wanted me to know him and to just prioritize my relationship with him over what he could do for me if that makes sense Um, and there's a song that says like more than anything that you can do I just want you and I was really really challenged by that and so I kind of had to lay down and surrender the things that I I wanted to think more specifically about and just trust that, okay, like the Lord makes a way. He is faithful. I know that he's got me and he has a plan for me, whatever this outcome may be. So I don't have to worry about it right now. Maybe he wants me to do something with this later. Maybe he wants me to apply for this job or reach out to this person or do this thing later. But right now he's just asking me to be with him and that is good and that is enough for me. So that really challenged me into the rest of the night, just to, just to sit with him and just to learn a bit more about who he was. Um, and I guess I'll, I'll kind of share what I was receiving then. Um, but I, 
was just kind of studying the word um, and just kind of would stop and write down when something kind of pointed to an attribute of God. Um, and some things that, that I found um, are that God is personal. He knows our actions, our character, our desires, our challenges, and our triumphs. He knows what his people value and what is important. And it is just so sweet when, like, the Lord gives me so much grace towards a situation that's, like, kind of not that deep. But I, he knows that I care about it. And so he wants to help me in that situation. And it's just so sweet. Like, um, you know, when I was going through, like, a breakup. Uh, <laughs> um, like, it, it is kind of a trivial thing, like, especially at my age. But... God knew that I cared about it, and he He just gave me so much grace and so much kindness during that time, and I think that just really shows how personal he is, and I was actually just talking about that because that's really how I got into a relationship with the Lord was I went to a homecoming with this guy in high school, and he was, like, kind of mean to me, and I <laughs> I was really sad about it, and that was, like, one of the first things that I, like, really prayed about, and I felt, like, the Lord's peace, and saw that he had something better for me than what I was kind of dwelling on. And that was really the first time I understood God to be personal and really wanted to pursue a relationship with him. Um, so again, it was just like a trivial, like silly thing, but because God knew I cared about it, like how much more does he care about it? So it was, it, yeah, I love that attribute. Um, and then the next one I, I kind of found was that, that God is holy and Lord of all the earth, angels stand in his presence and are subject to his call. So like I was mentioning, like if we are impressed with his majesty here, think of what it must be like in heaven, you know, where there's no sin or distractions of the of the glory of the Lord. Um, and obviously we can see that here on earth, but I just, I just can't wait for heaven. It's going to be so fun. I'm literally going to twerk all around and play the harp. It's going to be epic. Um, this next one's interesting. I, I wrote down God prepares his people. Um, he does not act with unintention, but with patience. And that is so true. Um, I think of the story of David and how um, David was told as a little boy, hey, you're going to be the king of Israel one day um, by by a prophet, I guess, is how you would classify Samuel. But anyway, so but until then, you know, he, he was a shepherd and he played the harp and then he fought in a battle um, among the the Israelites and the Philistines. So he had all these different roles, um, but through those, God was preparing him to be king. And so oftentimes, you know, I find myself or you may find yourself in a job or a role and you're like, oh my gosh, this is so meaningless or I don't understand what my purpose is here. But likely God is preparing you for the next thing that he has for you. Um, And you can just trust that as you're faithful to this season now, um, you're being prepared to to be equipped and faithful to to what's coming. Um, and then I have the Lord does not want people to feel, to fear, not feel. He wants you to feel, sorry. The Lord does not want people to fear. He is He is peace, even in uncertainty. Um, and there's a quote by C.S. Lewis that says, life with God is not um, like the absence of difficulties, but peace within difficulty. And I think that I see that a lot. People think like, oh, if you're a Christian or like if God is real, then nothing bad would ever happen to you. And that's not true. God doesn't orchestrate bad things to happen, but he works good from out of them. And so one thing that we can look to him when we are going through difficulties is that he gives us peace and that 
we can trust that he will work good from it and that he does have a greater purpose um, and uses it for something greater. So I think that when, you know, I, f- I fear or I see like suffering among me or something bad is happening, you know, suffering is always followed by resurrection. And that's something that the Lord's really been speaking into my life recently. And I could do literally a whole other podcast about that. But but suffering is always preceded by resurrection. So I think that's what gives me peace a lot is when I'm I'm struggling or when something bad has happened, there's there's a miracle on the other side. I just I'm just not there yet. But God is outside of time and he's there so I can trust him in the midst. Um and Jesus is a miracle. He's a miracle worker. Um and I think that we're scared of that word. I know I'm scared of it a lot if I don't want to ask something very boldly of God because what if he doesn't do it? Um but you can. And I've seen so many things that are beyond comprehension um, that the Lord has done. And then even if he does it, um, he's still good and he's still working. And if you ask something of the Lord and you don't receive it, it's because he has something better for you. And that's really hard to see, especially in difficult times. But but it's true. So don't underestimate miracles because they're happening all the time. They happen to me um, and and I encourage you to ask to see those things, you know. Um, and then the last one I had um, was the king of kings is, is eternal. You know, his kingdom has no end. And that can be kind of a scary thing to think about. Um, sometimes I find more peace in thinking one day, like, I can just, like, I'm not going to be living and I can just rest and sleep forever, I guess. <laughs> um, but But God has so much more for us. And so when we serve him diligently here on earth, we're just awaiting such a wonderful life in heaven. And so I'm really challenged to store my treasures there um, and just to think of eternity and kind of have like that eternal mindset. So kind of wrapped up like my first my first night in Hallstatt. Um, and then the next morning I went to yet another church, um, but it was closer to the, it was in like the town I was staying in and not in Hallstatt, but it was empty and I just low-key kind of had my own church service in there I just listened to a sermon and I prayed and um just played some worship music and just and just worshiped and again I could make a whole other podcast about this but one of the best pieces of advice I've ever been given is from a therapist I was seeing in high school and she said sometimes we need far less teaching and far more reminding and I think that is so good I might have talked about that on here before too um but sometimes, like, we're always moving towards the next thing. And, like, the Lord's teaching me in, on this trip. Sometimes we just need to be reminded of who God is, of who we are, of, you know, what our foundation is, what we can rely on, what people have said about us, what people um, have done toward us, how people love us, you know. And so it's really important for me to kind of circle back to some things like that sometimes. Um, and when I was working in student ministry, something I really struggled with was just putting a lot of pressure on myself. And at the time, I remember I remember exactly where I was. I was sitting um, at my friend Grace's house with her parents at their kitchen table. And I was like, yeah, the Lord's just been reminding me that he is the good shepherd and I am not. And <laughs> I remember like laughing about it with them. But I've I've kind of fallen to that pressure a little bit while I've while I've been here. Um, not necessarily the same way, but just feeling like just really tired and just a lot of pressure to 
be this like perfect Christian and person, but that's really not realistic. And so I was like worshiping in this church and I looked to my right and there was this poster and it was in German. So I'm going to pronounce this wrong, but it said, Ich bin der Gut's birthday. That like every German speaker just passed out at that. I'm so sorry, but I assumed what it meant in English, which is John um, 10, 12, I am the good shepherd. And it was just such a cool moment where I was like, whoa, like, oh my gosh, I really needed that reminder. And it just shows like, you know, God often speaks in, you know, like a whisper and something that I can kind of perceive in my mind, but sometimes he's a lot more blatant about it. And, and the way that he spoke to me and that was just so powerful. Um, and I don't know, far more reminding was, was spoken over my life when I was, you know, 16 with this therapist, but it's funny because unlike many of my friends and peers, I didn't grow up in the church. So I'm not necessarily reminded of Bible studies or songs or like things that my parents told me. Um, but what reminds me or like what reveals that to me though, is that even though those things were like, weren't present in my life, Jesus was, and he has never left me. He's always walked beside me, before me, behind me, before I even knew who he was. And so just being reminded of, of his faithfulness is just always enough to encourage me, even when there's not like a, a good restaurant around me that, that's making me sad. Um, so yeah, I ended up conquering my first solo trip to Hallstatt. Um, and I just can't believe that I just, you know, took a little weekend hiatus in a place that people genuinely like dream about traveling um and again that's what's kind of odd about being abroad is that what some people consider their goal or pinnacle of life is just your everyday routine um which just reminds me of you know why goals on this earth um are always somewhat unattainable and so if your goal is to know christ and to make him known you are getting to know an infinite being and has no end that goes back to his attribute of of being eternal um, you know, my trip wasn't perfect. I got on the, the wrong train. The weather was rainy the second day I was there. Again, there was not much food around. Um, but I found myself in, like, the most beautiful church I've ever been to, which is his creation, not a building, and was able to to worship God freely there. Um, so that just really set the tone for, for the rest of my time here and just remembering who God is and his goodness. Um so I, I'm excited to talk about more, you know, trips or weekends that I go on. Um, and as always, be checking back um, for, for the next episode. So thank you guys so much for listening, and you'll hear from me soon. Bye-bye.